If you're brand new to Oceans, we do these series. You know, good movies sometimes come in series. So do good messages at church. This is not an expository series out of Romans. I'm sorry for all of you uh, reform people. Uh, this is a... Uh, this is going to be a, I think, a prophetic series. Uh, what do you mean prophetic? Well, about four months ago, God began to speak to me when I was in Las Vegas. And he, said, he was telling me two things. He said, Mark, I'm going to end the drought. The second thing he told me was, is he said, I can change things fast. Fast. No, it's simple. But I really felt like, okay, I started praying into it. I told Benny Perez in October, I said, Benny, I, I didn't say it publicly. I just said, I felt like the Lord told me that he can change things fast. And one of the things he's going to do as a sign and a wonder to Las Vegas is he's going to fill up your lake that's, that's been going down, 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 down. He's going to fill that lake up again. It's going to happen fast. And um, so I started kind of praying into this idea. And um, this week I was praying for you guys. Wasn't it cool this week at conference that God told us faith and wisdom? Right. Dr. Maiden and Benny Perez talk about what you see, faith. And then John Bevere teaches on the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of? It's almost like God's hearing our prayers, right? No? You guys awake this morning? You good? All right. So today we're starting a new series, and I know it's not a really sexy title, but I'm just going to tell you how I heard it. Uh, we're going to do six weeks on these messages in the Bible about ending droughts. Ending droughts. Would you write that down? Ending droughts. And uh, most of the, what I'm talking about isn't physical droughts. I might throw one in there. Um, but most of these messages is when God, through someone he chooses, ends a drought somewhere in the world. Do you know that not all droughts are physical droughts? Do you know that your marriage could be in a drought right now? One of your kids could be in a drought. Some of you, your business is in a drought right now. We went through COVID. God told me this. He said, Mark, if the devil could change the world in a month with COVID, what could God do in a month? How fast could God change things? So I want to talk to you today. My title for you is That Was Fast. That Was Fast. And we're in a series about ending the drought. You know, I, I did a little bit of study before I get into my message. I'm going to read Acts 28. But what I study was this is uh, uh, I'm old enough uh, droughts have been around for a while. Actually, let me, let me read Acts 20 and I'll get into this. Is that all right? Yes. You guys with me? Yes. This is fresh out of the oven. Okay? Who likes cookies right out of the oven? Yes. I like to eat them while they're soft. So uh, this is, I'm not, a, I'm not an itinerant speaker anymore. I'm a local church pastor. And I just pulled this out of the oven at about 3.30 a.m. this morning. So I'm going to try to give it to you as, as clear as I can. Is that all right? Yes. Acts 28. I, pr I preached this about two years ago. But I've never seen what God showed me here. You guys ready? Acts 28, verse 1. This is a story about a guy named Paul. He got into a crazy storm. He was a prisoner. He was supposed to go and he's supposed to share his testimony to Caesar. And basically on the way, he gets in this wild storm. You can read about it in Acts 27. And the word that they use for saving is the word salvation. Incidentally, God would lead him through this storm to the land. He was saved through the water, got to the land. And when he got to the land, we pick up reading. Now, when they escaped the storm, they found out that the island that they landed on was called Malta. What was the name? Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. They kindled a fire. A what? Fire. They built a fire and made us all welcome. Because of the rain, the rain, it's not a drought there physically. There's a rain going on, so there's no drought there that way. But because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold, 
Paul went and gathered a bundle of sticks. He was gathering some wood to build the fire. And as he gathered the sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out, a snake, because of the heat. What brought it out? The heat brought it out. And the snake fastened onto his hand. Would you say it with me? Is what? Notice it wasn't his ankle. It wasn't his foot, his toe. It wasn't his calf, his knee. It strategically bit him in the... So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, kind of a funny picture here, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Even though he escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. Someone say karma. Some karma people. They're like, this must be karma. He's getting what he deserves. But we're not under karma, we're under grace. He shook the creature off into the fire. He suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they looked at him for a long time, they saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds. He's not a murderer. He must be a god. Don't ever listen to the crowd. Amen? Moral of the story there. In the region, there was an estate, the leading citizen of the island. His name was Publius. Say with me, Publius. It's fun to say. It's like saying Francisco. He received us and entertained us courteously for three days. It happened that the father of his, his father laid sick with a fever and with uh, dysentery, which is actually like Montezuma's revenge, really, really severe stomach issue. Paul, that wasn't supposed to be funny, but we'll keep going. Paul, <laughs> Paul went with, uh, with him and he prayed. He what? And he laid his hands on him. And healed him. So when this was done, the rest of the island heard about it. And everybody that had diseases also came, and they were healed. They honored us in many ways. We departed. They provided things that were necessary. I want to talk to you today that that was fast. Ending the drought. You guys ready to go? Father, we love you so much. Speak to us today. Meet us here today. Lead us and guide us. We need you, Holy Spirit. Would you even help the Lakers and the NBA, Lord? Lead them into your light. In Jesus' name we ask and we pray. And God's people said a good old-fashioned. Amen. Amen. I'm a, I, I mention this often, but I, I am getting older. I, I'm aware of that now. I, I'm on the eve of 40 years old. Isn't that crazy? I know I just offended everybody older than 40. You're not old. You're a kid. And all the teenagers are like, you're an old man. It's funny. That's kind of a funny age. Uh, I know I'm getting older now because I've, I've noticed things that I didn't notice when I was younger. Uh, like like a couple, couple signs that I was getting older I wrote down this week is uh, uh, this last year I, I've woke up a couple times injured. <laughs> Somehow got hurt in my sleep. Must have been all the tossing and turning. But I'm like, I must be getting old. I've never been injured in my sleep before. Doctor's like, where did you hurt yourself? I'm like, I think on my bed. Or it was a subconscious walk to the bathroom. But I, uh, I noticed that, that. That didn't bother me before, but it, it kind of, I've had that happen now. And my daughter plays basketball. I'm at her high school gym. The noise never bothered me before. <laughs> Has anybody else noticed how loud the bell or the horn is? The buzzer. I don't know who designed the audible level of the buzzer. 
It's like, we want to make this thing loud enough to cover gunfire and strong enough to stop a human heart. It's got to be strong. That thing goes off. I want, to, I want to hit the ground, duck for cover. It's crazy how loud that buzzer is. Hold my ears. I must be getting old. I notice that there's some stores I will avoid because I just don't have energy anymore. Like, I like to buy gifts. You know, I usually go to try to get a good deal on the gifts. I'll go to Ross or TJ Maxx, dress for less. Don't judge me. I didn't say I endorse dog fighting. I said I go to dress for less. It's crazy. I don't like it, though. I will no longer go to any of those stores, Home Goods, TJ Maxx, Ross, Marshalls. I'm, I'm done going there for gifts. Have you ever tried to scratch a uh, receipt off a candle? You better have the day off. It's easier to get gum out of your daughter's hair. It's less effort to blow up an air mattress with your lungs. I am not kidding. It is a full-scale chore. I know I'm getting older. I, I didn't pay attention when the news would say, we're in drought. When you're a kid, you're like, two-hour showers all day. Drought? What drought? Now that I'm paying the water bill, we're in drought. Let's wrap that shower up, Kenzie. Get on out. Paying attention more. Drought? What drought? I did a little research on this, but uh, out of my 39 years of life, 26 years, California has been under what they call a dry, a dry season. So 29 years out of 30, 39 have been, or 26, are dry years. Started studying this a little bit because I heard the Lord saying, Mark, I'm bringing a drought to the end. Bringing an end to the drought. That's a better grammatical way of saying that. <laughs> drought it did. I heard him say it, bringing the drought to an end. You know, it's interesting in California right now. God showed me this. I heard the news say, you know, the part of, part of the issue is not the lack of rain. They actually said over the last month, we got plenty of rain to end the drought. You know what the issue is in our, in our state? And this is not a political message, by the way. The issue in our state right now is that we got more rain than we could capture. Do you know that we have not built a reservoir in California since 1980? 42 years ago was our last reservoir. Our state's population has doubled. They say there's trillions of gallons that are not just being, not being captured in our reservoirs. It said this, I heard on the news, they said trillions of gallons are not being captured, but they're flowing right back into the... I thought that sounds prophetic to me. Lord, we'll capture anybody that's not being caught right now in the reservoirs of your church. I, I, my ears perk up. When I hear ocean, I lean in. Taxi driver in Tennessee is like, you live in California? I heard California's going to slide into the ocean. I'm like, you better believe it is. Ocean's church. They're all sliding in. Take all of them. Bring them. God began to show me that God says, Mark, I'm telling you right now, Get my people ready to capture the rain. Yes. Part of the problem is not the lack of rain. It's the lack of capturing the rain. Are you hearing me today? There was a drought going on, and there's still a drought, they say, going on to some degree. Not because of the absence of what God's bringing, but the absence of what man can capture. Our ability to capture what God sends, to carry it, and to be able to disperse it, is the God-given birthright of his sons and daughters to end droughts. I want to repeat, not all droughts are, are, are connected to water. 
I would actually say that most of the droughts in the earth today have nothing to do with water. Some of the greatest droughts in your family is the fact that your brother's a heroin addict because he's in a spiritual drought. Your marriage is on the rocks because you're in a spiritual drought. Are you hearing me today? Your business is getting ready to go under because you've never given God your business. You're in a financial, are you hearing me right now, drought. Not all droughts are natural. You know what the good news of droughts are, though? Is that some plants will never be developed, the root, stru the, the root structures, if they were not in a drought. Wow. Do you know how big God is? God will leverage a drought for his glory. Yeah. What do you know about droughts? I know this, that the drier the land gets, the harder the roots press into the dirt. Wow. And they keep digging deeper and deeper, looking for moisture. I'm grateful. I told my sister this the other night. I said, I would not be able to do what I do today, live how I live, do all the stuff that God has put on my plate to do if I didn't go through the famines and the droughts of the past. I'm grateful for times of prosperity, but I'm also grateful for the droughts that God let me go through. This is not a drought coming message. This is a drought is over message. Are you hearing me today? There was a drought on the island of Malta. You know what the drought was? Is you had an island full of people that did not know about the man in the white coat. They didn't know about Jesus Christ. They didn't know the message of great, the great St. Paul, the apostle. And literally God used a storm to get Paul to a people group that was in a spiritual drought. We know that somehow, some way, the sovereignty of God, people often say, Mark, where does the sovereignty of God meet the responsibility of man? I think preparation is a sign that we take God's promises seriously. Good spot for an amen right there. We believe that rain's coming, we should build reservoirs. We believe that God's going to do something big in Ocean's Church, we should get ready to build. Why? Because I believe preparation is telling God, I'll take you serious. He, he is uh, he's, uh, in a storm. He didn't cause the storm. That was the sovereignty of God. I don't think God causes storms. I think he allows storms. Some of you have been in a storm lately, and God allowed you to end up in a place in your family, maybe distant relatives. Some of you, it's your business colleagues. You're in a storm, and God brought you there to be the solution. You know why, you're, you, you know why I think you're called to be the solution to that storm's problem? Because no one else seemed to get bit except you. I don't know who you are today, but I, I, felt, I felt the heart of God last night. You know what's crazy about this story? There was 276 people on the boat. 276. How many got bit? I'm going to get into this. You guys with me today? First thing I want to tell you is this, is that we end the droughts in our families. We end the droughts in our cities. We end the droughts. Are you, can I get some faith in here today? God is partnering with his sons and daughters to end droughts by saying, number one, you want to end the drought? Learn how to build the fire. I think most people never get out of the drought because they never realize that it takes fire to warm this thing up, to turn this thing on. I love the fact that it was the fire that, that Paul began to build right after he got out of the water. Water is a baptism. One scholar said it was the, the waters that Noah uh, Noah went through the waters to get to the land to be saved. That the children of Israel went through the waters to be saved. That John the Baptist baptized, brought people through the waters to be saved. Jesus himself went through the waters to be saved. And that's our story. We went through the waters of God's sovereignty. And we're here and we're saved. 
But why does God save us? I think if salvation was only to be saved, God would have ended Paul's life the moment he got to the island. I think he would have allowed the snake bite to take him home. God had a purpose for Paul. He survived the storm because there was a mission on the land. Some of you are surviving the storm you're in right now because God has a mission for you. Do you know there's an unreached people group? There's an unreached neighbor. There's somebody you don't know about that needs to hear your story about how you made it through the storm and how you begin to build a fire. This fire warmed my family up. It warmed my business up. It warmed my faith up. I'm no longer spiritually cold. I learned how to build a fire. This year, some of you are going to get out of this drought because you're going to get alone with God and learn how to build a fire. The Bible says the word of God is like a fire. Presence of God is like a fire. It says that God, our God, is a consuming. There is something really powerful about taking time to get alone with God privately. I love the Apostle Paul because he prayed before the storm, during the storm, and after the storm. So many times we get into storms. This is what's funny about human beings. We give God no credit when God makes us heroes, but we give him all the credit when we go through a storm. This is not right. It's funny, atheists, they, they blame God when someone dies tragically, but they don't, they don't give God any credit when God promotes them. Allows them to get that promotion, get that job, do this business. Why are we so one-sided with where we acknowledge God? Here's the conviction here today, is that God told me that we got to get good at building the fire this year. My friend Banning says, if it's not going to matter in eternity, let's not stress out about it. Too many people value things that Jesus does not value. Too many people are impressed by things that Jesus is not impressed by. Do you know the greatest parts of your life are built in private? I love it in here. I feel, it, I feel something shifting. This is not sports center that we just celebrate making the game-winning shot. That shot would have never happened. Steph Curry didn't shoot 6,000 free throws a day. Dribble the basketball for eight hours. It's what he did in private that made what he did in public matter. Some of you are having a hard time in public because you have no fire building skills in private. So here's my pastoral encouragement this year is learn how to build fire. Get alone with God before no one else is around. Before anybody else wakes up or after everybody else goes to sleep. Open your Bible. Spend some time talking to God about your day. Say with me, build a fire. Here's the issue, though. Like Paul, when you build the fire, he didn't get bit until he started building the fire. Snakes didn't care about him until he started gathering sticks. The devil didn't care about what you did until you started building your faith. Have you noticed this? I made a resolution. I'm going to start going to church every week. And all of a sudden, every Sunday's busy. I'm going to start tithing this year. And all of a sudden, you get hit with a financial account. One of your clients drop out. Maybe I shouldn't tithe. No, you got bit. And you got bit because you started building a God fire. Whenever you build a God fire, you put an end to the devil's droughts. I am convinced of this. God fires end Satan's droughts. I know this because when he was building the fire with his hands, what do you gather sticks with? Your, what do you throw sticks on the fire with? What do you pray for with people? What do you worship with? What do you bless your sons and daughters with? The devil's strategic with where he bites you. 
And I'll tell you right now, if you're building anything that matters to God, you will get bit. I've never been bit before. It's because you never built a God fire. You built, you built your own fires. You built your own kingdoms. You never built God's kingdom. You're so obsessed with castle fires, you never built kingdom fires. I feel like something's going to happen here today. I got bit. Yeah, you got bit. I'll tell you why you got bit, because you were building God's fire. And when you start living for eternity and not for today, and you say, God, I don't care my will, I want your will to be done. This isn't my business, this is your business. This isn't my marriage, this is your marriage. These aren't my kids, these are your kids. Some of you are scared of everything because you don't fear God. And the fear of losing everything, and the fear of something happening to your kids, and the fear that just seems to plague your life, it's because you don't honor him as God. I'm so, I'm so reverent of God that all the other fears are little. You hear me today? Feel something in here. Here's the problem. When you feed God fire, that's when the snakes come out. It says the snakes surfaced because of the what? It was the heat. It was the heat that brought that little devil out. That's what it was. It was the heat. It's interesting that it's, there's, a, there's kind of a common thread here between Acts 28 and Genesis chapter 3 that the snake came to steal man's authority. Acts 28, the snake came to steal Paul's authority. Genesis 3, the snake came and bit Adam and Eve with his words out of his mouth. And in Acts 28, the snake came and bit, uh, bit Paul with the venom of his mouth. I want to point this out to you. Here's the problem. When you get bit, most of us, our natural reaction, when you're using your gifts and your hands represent your authority, and they represent your worship, and they represent your ability to give, to serve, to help. Are you hearing me today? When you're using what God gave you for him, and you're building his fires, kingdom fires. Say with me, kingdom fires. By the way, I think one of the greatest ways to serve the kingdom is by building the church. For all those people that love the kingdom but don't love the church, Jesus is talking in the revelations to the church, not to the kingdom. There were seven churches that got addressed, not seven ministries. One of the greatest ways that we build the kingdom is by building the church. I feel something in here today. He's, he's, he's building, he's building, and he gets bit. Now, I don't know if you've ever been bit by anything before. I haven't. Wish I had a story right here. I talked to two guys in our church. They've been bit by rattlesnakes. Your natural reaction is, can we agree on this? No, not me, man. I'm bold. Let's stay right there. No, you wouldn't. Do an altar call for arrogance. You ain't that manly. You get bit, you retract. I want to tell you that we're going to end droughts this year in our families. We're in a 90-day window of miracles in our businesses. We're going to see physical miracles. We're going to see God change things in the, in the climate of our city. We're going to see crime rates drop, divorce rates drop, drug issues, drug addiction. Are you hearing me today? We're going to see droughts break when the people of God begin to fill the fires. And here's the second point, not just building the fires, but not retracting when we get bit. Too many Christians are deconstructing when they get bit. Leaving church when they get bit. I have church hurts. No, you don't. You have human hurts. So funny. We like, we say church hurts as though church is the only place you get hurt by people. I've been offended at gyms. I've been offended at restaurants. I've had people rude to me on airplanes. Are you hearing me today? Some of you are banned from flights still. Come on. 
Let's tell the truth. I got church hurts, and I got Southwest Airlines hurts. Greyhound bus of the sky. My gosh. Listen. I'm not, I'm not saying that we haven't been hurt in church. I'm just saying the church didn't hurt you. People did. Well, I got a soggy taco at Taco Bell. Threw up. Crazy sick. I've never heard anybody say, I'll never eat food again. The food hurt me. Food hurt me bad. It was northern and southern hemisphere hurt. South of the border. Come on, somebody. Tell me this today. You guys still with me? Is it okay to have a sense of humor? Some of you let your face know it's okay to have a sense of humor. Okay, okay, okay. Listen, this is important. Is that our natural reaction when we get bit is to retract. Well, I gave once and I, I got hit financially. Don't retract. That was a test. Every time I give, it's a test. It's crazy that my wife and I, we, we pledged our largest amount to our building fund, emptied out most of our savings account. And it was like right after that, we had some stuff in our house break. I'm like, Pfft. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Not today, devil. Got bit. I don't retract when I get bit. I want to encourage you, if you got bit right now, the devil bites us to do three things. Can you write this down? He will bite you to do three things. He wants you to harden your heart. He wants your spirit to get critical. And he wants you to get unforgiving. He wants you to stay unforgiving. I want you to know that if you get bitten, Harry, your parents are terrible, situation's terrible, someone said something to you that was terrible, here's what I'm telling you today. It's not a matter if you get bit. We all get bit sometimes. When you get bit, I want you to remember this. We're not going to retract, and we're not going to get hard-hearted. We're not going to get a critical spirit, and we're not going to be unforgiving. Can I get an amen? You know why? Because once you get those three things, the, the snake wins. You know what I love about the story of the snake is it says the same fire that drew him out was the only fire that had the power to kill him. I want to remind you, the Bible says that the Satan, the Satan, the serpent of old, the dragon, it says in Revelations that he's going to be thrown into the lake of. Listen, fire is, is one of the greatest weapons we have against the powers of the darkness. So we're not going to retract from it. Don't, don't run from the God that has the power to deliver you. Don't avoid the church that you could get healed in. Don't avoid the place that your kids could get raised up in. When you get hurt, blame the snake. Blame the bite. Don't blame God. Notice what Paul didn't do. He said, really, God? First the storm. Now the snake. God, I thought you were good. I thought you protected your people. Sometimes God's protection isn't keeping you safe. It's keeping you strong. I'm convinced God wants you to be stronger than he wants you to be safer. I'll do a series maybe sometime for you called God's Not Safe. Because in America, we think that God is safe. He's not safe. The most dangerous place to be in the world is right in the middle of God's will. But simultaneously, it's a bit of a paradox, it's also the safest place. David, is God safe? Nope. Charged a nine-foot man with a slingshot. Dangerous mom at night. It's dangerous. Dang, are you hearing me today? It's, it's dangerous. But simultaneously, 
He was right in the middle of God's will. Can I get an amen in the back from somebody? It's, it's not safe. You're telling me to give? You're telling me to serve? I don't have much time. It's not safe. It's dangerous. It's risky. But God, he uses, he uses shaky people for sturdy jobs. It's not always safe. Here's what I know is that when you get bit, you will. Don't retract. You got to actually go back to the fire that drew the snake out. Some of you got bit right after we stopped fasting. Real talk. I thought I just got victory for the whole year. No, you, you just took some ground from the devil. He's not going to high five you and say, hey, thanks for taking my land. He's going to try to take it back. But when he bites us, we don't. We got to intentionally go, okay, I want to do this. But I have, to, I have to get back to this. I have to get back to feeding the fire. I can't get unforgiving. I can't get critical. I can't get jaded. I can't. I can't get hard-hearted. God can't use me if I'm hard-hearted. I see God softening hearts. Here's what God told me. So number three, write this down. Public bites are for public testimonies. Do you know why some of your family members heard about how you got bit? Because God wants to get the glory when he leads you through this drought. They know. They know the hardships. Some of them knew, some of your coworkers knew about what you got sued with, some of what you went through, some of the challenges with your kids, some of the challenges with your grandkids, your grandparents. People might know what, you're, what you got hurt, what you got bit, where you got attacked. And I want to just let you know today, because sometimes we forget about this. The only reason God let everybody see him get bit is because he loved everybody there. He loved everybody there. Do you know that the only reason he let Paul get bit is because he needed Paul to have an immunity to that poison that would give faith for that entire island. God actually hand-selected a man to go, look, I'm going to let you get bit, Paul. But it's the miracle of you not dying that's going to give faith to the island that I can heal. God allowed you to get bit because of his great love for the people around you. And when they see that you don't fall over dead, they're going to go, what in the world? I've never seen anybody. You got, you got, you got screwed out of all that money. They just, they stabbed you in the back. That person lied to you, betrayed you, and you're not hard-hearted. And you're not critical of the church. And you don't want to give up. You're not falling over dead. What happened to you? And you can say, there's a God that has fire that can kill every single attack. I wish you'd give us a little bit of hand clap today, acknowledging that our God can do anything. Feel something in here. The only reason everybody saw it is because everybody's going to see the other side of it too. That only God could redeem a story that fast. That fast. That fast. You went from a drug user for 15 years to sober for four months? It's my brother. That fast. That fast. That fast. Public bites are for public testimonies. I want you to write this down. You know what the devil was after? He bit Paul. Notice he didn't bite any other people on the boat. We know there's at least 276 people around the fire. At least. At least. And the only person to get bit is Paul, the preacher of the good news of Jesus Christ. The only one that says, hey, you can't, you can't make it to heaven by your good works. 
Your morality doesn't have to outweigh the, the bad things you've done. That's not how you earn your way to heaven. You don't worship your, your kids. You don't, you don't sacrifice. Listen to me, all your false idols out there, there's only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. He built a bridge to eternity that we have to cross. No other name is the bridge that gets us there. The only guy that got bit was the only guy with that noose. You know why some of you got bit? Because you're the only one in your family that has the anointing to see your whole family saved. You're the only one with the information that no one else will listen to. 276. You know what, the, you know what snake bites do? Is they attack your blood. Isn't it crazy? The Bible says life is in the what? It's in the blood. We have life because of the blood of Jesus. The snake bit Paul and tried to contaminate, tried to poison his blood. But here's what I want to tell you today. That the reason why he got targeted out of 276 is because he was the only one that had the message and the anointing to end the drought in Malta. He was the only one. And literally because he got bit, and he didn't die. God gave him immunity. Notice this. He wasn't just one out of 276 that got bit. He didn't just get bit. He got bit in his what? Sand. It's crazy. He shakes. So the snake's dangling, which, by the way, it's probably one of the, I don't, is that anybody else's fear? To have like a king cobra lashed onto your hand? It's kind of shaking. Your friends are looking at you like, you're gone. <laughs> it's terrible. He's shaking it, and he puts it back into the fire. And he looks down, and he just, he keeps going. And everybody goes, you're going to die. There's no way. You're, you're a bad person. You're a terrible person. <laughs> I had a really good joke. I had to hold it back. Sometimes I've got to hold back these jokes. They just come too naturally. Listen. Um, <laughs> super humble, too. Sorry, guys. Um, listen. He gets bit, and he doesn't die. And what's wild to me is that when he goes into the governor's father's bedroom... He lays his what on him? I think the devil knows what we can do when we have healthy hands. Didn't bite his ankle. Didn't bite his knee. You know where you you usually get bit by the devil? In your strengths. If you're a pure person, you'll get accused of stuff. You're a really financially, financially wise person, he'll try to attack you with your finances. If you're really, really pride yourself in parenting, you'll try to, it's, it's crazy. He always tries to attack you where you're anointed. Maybe the most important part of his body was his hands. He preached with them. He built a fire with them. He worshiped God with them. He laid hands on sick people with them. It says that he didn't lay his hands just on the governor's father. After he got healed, they brought everybody else in. And he laid his hands on them too. I don't know why I felt the heart of God saying, you got bit. I know. We've all been bit. Rashawn, I've been bit. We've been many times. People, the more known people hear about you or you do something for the church and everyone has an opinion, you want to make a lot of enemies, pastor a growing church during COVID. Piss a ton of people off. But listen to me. You get bit, we don't retract. We go, God, no, you brought us here. I didn't choose this storm. You did. But you brought me to Malta. You brought me to Orange County. I didn't move to California to see it fall apart. I moved to California to see it come alive. 
Baptized SoCal, we're going to gather. Listen, over 250 churches are already on board. Yeah. Yeah, we got Matt Redmond wants to lead worship at it. Christine Kane, Nick Kane, they want to baptize people with us. Supposed to meet with Greg. All these things are happening right now. There's a movie coming out about the Jesus Revolution at Pirates Cove. Two months before we do our baptism. I didn't know that a year ago. We're just obeying God. We ended up on Malta, and God says we're going to end the drought in this island. There is a drought in California that he wants to end. You hear me today? I'm telling you what. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. God's doing something in our state. Time of sorrow is over. The time of joy has begun. The time of mourning is done. The time to celebrate begins. Justice comes from the Lord. Vindication comes from the Lord. The day of hopelessness is over. Things with God can change fast. Stay standing. Almost finished. Everyone stand up. I feel something in here today. I loved hearing the weather people that are even cynical. They're like, well, we're still in drought. But, you know, we, I guess we are in a, in a little bit better situation than we, we thought we'd be this time. And, you know, they did fill up a little bit faster than we thought they'd fill up. And even the, even the people that didn't want to acknowledge that things with our water condition could change quickly, they were like, well, maybe it could change quickly. I want you to know, I, I believe this prophetically and I believe it naturally. I think that you know, they're actually supposed to build a new reservoir. It's like one of the things they're working on. It's in Sacramento area. They say it's going to be able to take care of 5 million people. It's going to enlarge our water reserves by 15% in our state. I'm like, it's about dang time. Come on, somebody. Only took you 42 years. We know what we're going to do is we're going to capture. God told me three things. Did you catch this today? Stay with me. Catch it. Carry it. Distribute it. This is what I felt the Lord saying to our church. He said, I'll send the water. I'll send the presence. I'll send the power. I need you to be able to catch it. And when you catch it, you can't just let it flow out of you. So, like, you, you know, well, I got touched in church, but I let it go. Didn't do anything with it. Faith without works is, listen, if God tells you to do something today and you don't do it, if you keep that cycle up, eventually he'll stop talking to you and he'll find someone else to do it. I don't think Rashad and I were his first choice to start this church. I think he had to reach pretty far to, to Idaho. I think he wanted other people to say, I need a spirit-filled church that's going to end the drought in that part of the county. I think other people just maybe didn't obey his voice. I believe that if we'll, if we'll catch what he's saying and carry it. And just go, God, I'll do it. I'll carry it. Where, where do you want me to carry it? Well, I want you to carry it to Maryland's. And after Maryland's, I want you to carry it down the highway. Day will come that you'll have Ocean's Theater. I believe it'll be the nicest, most state-of-the-art theater in all of Southern California and south of Los Angeles. I believe the days will come that literally people like Coldplay, some of the largest artists, musicians in the world will want to use your church's sanctuary for their concerts and for their live shows. We're going to rent it out. Yeah, Bodie will be there too. Come on. Alex liked that. Listen, day's coming. Day's coming. We're going to see a drought end in Orange County. I know most people are saying church is getting smaller and smaller. I, I don't believe that. I believe that what we build one day will probably be at least seven to 10,000 seats. I see a church that's, that's more glorious than a sporting event. 
I see people getting out of wheelchairs, blind eyes opening up. I see people flying in from all over the world to be in an atmosphere that God's moving in. People moving from other nations to be a part of a California revival. Sounds crazy, Mark. It's always crazy until somebody does it. It's going to happen. I've seen it. Had dreams. I've had visions. We have a Malta that God wants to change. It's called Orange County. And I believe that if we're fully surrendered, if we keep building the fire, if we don't retract, if we don't let the public opinion stop us, it's not cancel culture, friends. It's kingdom culture. And if we're targeted by hell, listen to me, I would rather be targeted by hell because it lets me know that I'm doing something right. They said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? I want to be known in hell. I want people to say, no, I know Ocean's Church. We don't mess with that church. That's the church they kick us out of. That's the church that we don't have power in. That's the church that believes that God still does anything. That's the church that sees cancer lead. Are you hearing me today? Hell is scared of this house. In Jesus' name. So we're going to build the fire. So everyone said amen. amen. We're not going to retract when we get bit. Say with me, public bites, public testimonies. Say this, it's an honor to be targeted. Why? Because 276 weren't bit. Which tells us this, that if you were bit, you had something to offer that area. The only reason the devil attacked you is he knows what you could do to your area. James says, count all the joy when you fall into various trials. For the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work in you that may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. But when he asks, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the winds. Let not that man suppose he would receive anything from the Lord. I believe this morning that we're going to count it all the joy. You got bit, me too. We must be building a worthy fire. We must be building a worthy fire. Anybody feel like you're building something with your life that matters? I want to pray for you today. We're going to sing a song here. I feel like hell's getting really nervous right now. If you know that God's speaking to you today and you say, Mark, honestly, I feel like I haven't been building the fire of God's kingdom, but I want you to know that today I'm making up my mind that this year I'm spending time with Jesus alone. I'm going to start reading my Bible and start praying. I'm going to start giving my business to God, my marriage to God, my kids to God, my grandkids to God. I want to build God's fire with him, for him. If that's you, pop your hand up. That's me, that's me, that's me. I feel God speaking to me. Yep, up and down. How many say, Mark, I was building the fire, but I got bit, and I retracted. But I feel the Lord saying, I'm not retracting anymore. I'm bringing that snake back into the fire. Would you put your hand up today? I got bit, but I'm putting the snake back into the fire that's going to kill him. All right, hands down. I got bit publicly. It's because God has a public testimony for me. If that's you, put your hand up. Yeah. And down. I feel something in here breaking. Come on, JJ. I feel something breaking today. Something breaking today. Come on, Beth. I feel God breaking something today. I feel I'm breaking something today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Yeah, yeah. Balaam can't curse what God has blessed. You're blessed, Beth. You're blessed, JJ. Yeah, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. Come on, say, I'm blessed. How many are in a storm right now, but you go, you know what? I'm targeted, 
but the devil must know that there's a grace on my life to change things. Would you just put your hands up? I'm in a storm, but God's going to get me out of it. You raise your hands in any of those areas. Put your hands up real high, all four. We're going to pray a prayer. Because sometimes the only voice you believe is your own voice. I want you with authority today. Say this prayer. Say, Jesus Christ, you are my God, my source, my strength. So today, I invite you to help me build my life fire with you, for you, from here out. I give you my business. I give you my marriage my singlehood, my children, my grandchildren, I give it all to you. And I'm not going to retract if I get bit. Say this, use me to end the drought in my family. Use me to end the drought in my family. Say one more time, use me to end the drought in my family. In Jesus' name. I ask you for public testimonies of how you redeem my story in Jesus' name. It's an honor to serve you. It's an honor to be bit because you put something worthy inside of me in Jesus' name. Now I want you to do this right now. If you live north of here, I want you to stretch your hands north. If you live south of here, I want you to stretch your hands. South is this way. West is this way. East is this way. Would you stretch forth your hands to the corners, the four corners of our valley? And we're going to declare, we're going to speak to the dry bones. Come on, are you guys ready? I want you to say this. We're going to prophesy. Say, in Jesus Christ's name, we declare the drought is over. The rain is coming. And the reign of our king is at hand. If COVID could hurt the world fast, Jesus can heal the world fast. Do signs, do wonders, shock the world, end the drought. In Jesus' name, lift your hands towards heaven. Say, Lord, I want to catch it, I want to carry it, and I want to distribute it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.